Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you go ahead and be seated? Amen. Like Pastor Bill was saying, we're just uh, we're just open to going any direction that that would seem right with the Lord's leading, and and I know uh, we'll all be happy if we do, and frustrated if we don't, <laughs> thinking something was missing. Uh, but you follow the Lord, and and He, I believe He always has a plan for each time we get together. Uh, I mean, we're gathered in His name, right? We're not gathered in your name. We're not here in my name, and uh, I have nothing to prove. I just want to please the Father. I just want to want Him to be pleased because we sought after Him, and 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 if there's one word given from God, uh, it can change a life forever. Once, I mean, sometimes people just go away from church and they only remember one phrase, one sentence, but it's a life-changing sentence. And, uh, and I'd rather hear one life-changing sentence than a thousand words that I forgot had no impact on me. And it might be a sentence and it might just be a presence too. Sometimes it's just an embrace from God. It's, a, it's an experience with Him. I mean, wouldn't it be... Uh, quite odd if you had a relationship with someone and you had no stories to tell of that relationship. You had no experiences that you could share with others. Amen. I mean, if someone's been married, for example, or it would work in a friendship too. If someone's been married for very long and someone came to you and said, hey, well, tell me about your wife or your husband. Uh, Tell me something about them. I imagine if you would have a few stories, you could communicate. Unless you lived on islands, separate islands, you know. And hopefully our relationship with God is not that way, where we're so distant and so far away that we don't have any real communication or real experiences with each other. Amen. You know, uh, uh, think about the word amend for a moment. Amend, like an amendment. You know, when you amend something, you're making, you know, small changes to it. You're not completely taking out the original, but you're just taking parts of it and making improvements, making amendments, making changes because you, you know, you see something. I mean, we do that seems like regularly when producing documents or, you know, articles or emails or different things. You, you write what you want to say and then you read, then you step away from it. You go back to it. You read it again. You go, oh, why did I say it like that? That doesn't even make sense. That's weird. Or that could communicate the wrong thing. So you amend it and make it better. Yeah. Uh, in large part, when a person comes to God to begin with, um, it's all about change. I mean, uh, we came to the Lord because He was better than us. <laughs> the way He is is the way we want to be. Uh, he is perfect, and, and we were not, and so we gave our life to Him so He could change us. And that's what the new birth is all about. It's about a spiritual, instantaneous, and eternal change. And, and thank God for that. That happens in a minute. That happens in a moment. And, and we recognize our society today that all, everyone demands that they be accepted the way they are. That, that never flies with God. You, you, can't, you can't go to God and say, you need to embrace me the way I am. No. Uh, <laughs> you misunderstood Him being God. <laughs> we embrace Him the way He is. Right? And then we adapt. And anyone who wants to demand that God adapt to them, you are not going to get very far. Because He is the Lord who changes not. Right? 
God does not change. We do and need to. Right? And so uh, all of us, if you've been saved, you've come to the Lord at one point and you changed for Him. You confessed Jesus as Lord, not yourself as Lord. You used to be Lord of your life. Secretly, the devil was Lord of your life, but you thought you were Lord of your life because you were subject to the prince of the power of the air, right? Uh, but then you transferred ownership of your, yourself uh, over to Jesus, and he became Lord and Master, and you gave him the right to call the shots, to direct your steps and order, order your life. And so you made that change submitting to him. Uh, but I recognize this, that even after salvation, there are frequent and necessary amendments that need to be made to our lives. Because spiritually we're made right in a moment, but our soul or our, our mind, our thinking, our, our belief system is often quite, or quite out of whack. Uh, there, there's still many things that have to change. And if you really want to experience a changed life, you have to have a changed mind. Okay, I'm not going to live different until I think different, right? And so I've got to have constant amendments made, yeah? How are those uh, changes going to um, be made in my life? Well, initiated by God because of His love and wisdom, but then received by me because of my yieldedness, my openness, my humility to change. If we don't have that, how many know we, God can speak to us all day long and He can direct us. And if we are not open to it, we'll stay the same. We'll stay at a low level. But if we stay open to seeing something we've never seen before, to doing things in a different way than we've done before. And, and you know, one of the greatest hindrances to that is pride. We don't like to... We don't like to think that we're wrong, especially if we're the older, you know, the older you get. <laughs> you've been doing it that way for a while now, especially if you're, if you're accomplished or you're highly educated. You don't want to admit that I've been wrong for 20 years, right? I, mean, I don't want to do that either, so I'm not throwing any stones. I'm just saying it's a hindrance to walking with God. We hold on to the way we've done it. Sometimes that happens in, in church uh, you know, history and our Christian background because we've been taught a certain way and maybe we were even the one doing the teaching. And, uh, you know, a person, told, a person told me recently that because they had been involved in uh, a couple different cults, um, they, they told me, and they're no longer involved in those, but they told me it's, it's very hard when you've been taught something all your life and then you teach it to believe that, to, to accept that it's not true. And this person's speaking on the other side, and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. You were raised this way, you were told this, and you were recruited to teach that. You were a part of convincing other people. And, uh, and this person finally got away from that, but uh, it can be very difficult. But it, listen, all of us have to deal with these things on various levels. If you're already in the kingdom, I mean, praise God for salvation. That's the main thing. You can be wrong about a bunch of stuff and still go to heaven. Thank you, Lord, because otherwise none of us are going to make it, right? <laughs> Nevertheless, it's not my goal to be wrong. I don't want to quickly embrace and just say, ah, it doesn't really matter as long as I have accepted Jesus. It doesn't really matter what I think about other things. Well, actually, it does. That's, it, it really matters. It, 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 it pertains to our freedom. John eight thirty two: you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So if I believe a lie, I believe error, 
that is the level of bondage I have in my life. So it matters in that regard. And it matters to the Father. If we have a relationship with the Father, God who loves us, uh, and He thinks one way and we think a different way, well, that's a hindrance. It's a, it's a problem if He has a plan for our life to accomplish certain tasks, and yet we have a wrong mentality. Uh, let, let's say, for example, uh, that God wants you to be involved in healing ministry. And he, well, I mean, you know, in one sense, He does all of us, but certain people may have a greater emphasis there. Uh, well, what if their belief system, what if they were taught, as like churches I grew up in, that sometimes God, God's, it's God's will for people to be healed and sometimes it's not? Well, that belief is a hindrance to your call. Because you'll pray for some people and see if God did it. And if He didn't, you'll say, well, you know, win some, lose some. You know, you'll, you'll start saying God's, God's in control and you never know what God's going to do, that kind of stuff. See, that belief system hinders your effectiveness in, in ministry. So the Father will work to change that in you. How will He do that? Well, many different ways. He'll open up the Word. He'll send people to you. He'll, you'll be exposed to, to teachers who have a, a depth of understanding that you don't have. But nevertheless, whatever God wants to do, it, would, it will still be necessary to accept it and to humble yourself and say, you know, that's wrong about a bunch of stuff. Right? And can I tell you, there is no one in here, not one person, including myself, who is right about everything. And so all of this is not like a select few people. You need to humble yourself and learn something. I need to humble myself and learn something. Every one of us do. And the day we stop doing that is the day we stop growing. Is the day we start we stop the flow of God's better better ways for our lives. Amen. Everybody say amendment. I need to be amended. <laughs> yeah. Say when? Well, constantly. On on various levels. Again, they're they're not they're used an amendment is not a major change, it's a minor change. But the Lord is allowed to work in us it, if we if we give him that place. Amen. And, and so change is a part of salvation. That's the biggest change. But it's a constant part of our life. And I'm not talking change in a dramatic sense where, you know, people are unstable. And they say, well, I'm just, the Lord is just changing me. <laughs> you know, like I was sharing with our Bible college students recently about a, a guy I knew when I was in, in Bible school myself. And in one year, he had, I think, 12 jobs. Uh, that wasn't the Lord changing you, my friend. You're unstable. <laughs> you have you have some issues. <laughs> you don't change that much. Okay, I'm not talking. About, and, and and even even the Proverbs. Uh, uh, in the, there's a verse in the Proverbs that says to avoid people who are given to change. So you're around people who are that crazy. Sorry, but you know that unstable is the way I would say it, changing so frequently, big things constantly in their life, back up so it doesn't get off on you. Because God is stable, consistent. Yeah? And the more word you have in you, the more you will be that way. Okay, so out of the extreme now, uh, it's a reality for any mature person that they've had a lot of amendments to their thinking, a lot of amendments to the, to the, way, to the things they believe. And, and, if, and if they're not open to it, they get, they, they stop. They stop in their growth. Amen. Why don't you have a Bible with, with you? Let's just do this and we'll, 
um, see what happens next. Uh, go to, with me to Acts chapter 10. I've shared some of these things before in different contexts, but I don't remember when. Sometimes I think when, when I'm uh, like doing a series on Sunday, on Sundays, and I think, oh, I've taught this before. I, maybe I, and so I, I, I'll look back. I'll say, oh, that was 14 years ago. <laughs> I, think, I wonder if anyone will remember. <laughs> Pastor, you're repeating yourself. <laughs> so I try not to be too repetitious, except for, you know, if it's, if it's right, then repetition is actually good for us, uh, as long as we're creative with it, right? Uh, but in Acts chapter 10, I want you to notice in verse um, 34, uh, I'm in John, that's why that didn't look right. Um, uh, Acts 10.34 Then Peter opened his mouth and said In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality but in every nation whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. Okay? Uh, the word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ he is Lord of all. Uh, that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism uh, which John preached. Now, interesting thing what Peter's saying here. Um, this is after he had a great vision, and this is about the Gentiles coming in and being able to be saved and receiving the gospel. P Peter says, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Now, most of us, we would think, oh, yeah, well, of course. We know that. And Peter just found that out. In other words, Peter, called a pillar in the church, Peter, mightily used of God. Yes, he had his downsides, you know, at the denial of the Lord and, you know, walking on water, being only semi-successful. And, uh, you know, different things that he did. But then, of course, he was restored and raised up and preached powerfully on the day of Pentecost. I mean, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was mightily used of God. But I want you to know, before Acts chapter 10, he thought God was only available to the Jews. He thought only Jews could be saved. Think about that. Peter's opinion was that all the world is going to hell except for the Jews, the Jews that get saved. Right? I mean, today people would call that uh, a racist, wouldn't they? He would be on the front page. He would be shared a thousand times on social media. Peter the racist. He thinks if you're not a Jew, you can't be saved. That's true. He thought that. Was he still a good person? Yes, he was just wrong about something. Did he, was he, did he still love God? Totally. Was he committed? Fully. Used of God? Absolutely. Does God use people who are wrong about things? Yes. Yes. But if you walk with God, if you continue on with Him in His plan, He will interrupt you to bring 
further light, more understanding. His heart wasn't wrong, but it's hard for people now if you look back and think about it. Seriously, Peter, you really discriminated against most of the world? Yep, with a good heart. What do you mean with a good heart? He just didn't know. He thought that's what God wanted. And he needed to be fixed. Thank God he was. I mean, the Lord showed it to him in you know, a pretty dramatic fashion with the vision. You can read about that. But the good thing is, he uprooted a long-held tradition, a deeply rooted belief of the Jews, the people of Israel being you know, the only ones that God really wanted to use. Because back in the Old Covenant, you know, people had to become Jewish proselytes, really, to have a relationship with God. And so he held that belief. It was deep in their culture, deep in their history. And yet the Lord came and showed him, and he changed. And he said, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Again, we might roll our eyes and go, huh, duh, really, you thought that? I wonder what things, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he might look at us now and go, duh. <laughs> when a revelation comes and we start to see something, and finally you guys got that. Can anyone admit today that there are some things, you know, you might not know what they are, but there are some beliefs, some ways of thinking that are totally off base. Now the moment you know, we change, right? Or do we? And I'm not saying be gullible and just accept everything, but I analyze things. If I hear something new, and I actually like to, I like to be challenged, but I'm going to analyze it. But here's my goal, as I do want to have a heart that's not gullible, but absolutely teachable. I can be changed. I can, I, I can be receptive of the things of God. Amen. I think if people are not this way, there are many, many moves of God that are coming that they will miss out on because they'll deem it to be some kind of fanatic, some kind of unspiritual, some, some kind of off-base thing. It's amazing sometimes how you hear people who are critical of, of those who have different experiences with God. And someone said, I had a vision, and, and, and people, people, you know, oh, you must be crazy, you're a nut, <laughs> or something like that. Really? Like, that's not, I mean, you have to judge what the experience is, what the message is. I'm going to pay attention to that. But if someone came and said, the Lord spoke to me, uh, I don't think that's weird. In fact, if, I, if someone came to me and said, the Lord has never spoken to me, I'm going to say, you're a weirdo. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> no, nah, they're no new believer. I'm, not be, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I think that's more strange than someone hearing from God. Now, if you tell me God spoke to me and it's something just off the wall weird and it disagrees with this book, I'm going to say, hey, touch the spirits, man. <laughs> you, need to, you need to judge and discern and, and know. But Peter, this is a pretty big one. This is a major, you know, adjustment or amendment, if you will, to his belief system that God wants all the people in the world to be saved. Look over at uh, Acts 18, just a few pages over, and, and 20, let's see, 24, Acts 18, 24, now a certain Jew named Apollos. Now stop for a moment. Think about if your name is Apollos. 
That's no small name. Right? You're named after a Greek god. Okay. Certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. Okay, what kind of person is this? Got a seriously good name, probably a good jawline. <laughs> right? <laughs> Looks like he could be president, you know, or, or at least a nightly newsman. Uh, <laughs> probably had a good voice. Um, but he is eloquent in, in, he's an eloquent man. He speaks silver-tongued, we might say, and he's mighty in the Scriptures. So he's no, he's no spiritual slouch or uneducated. He knows what he's talking about. Verse 25, this man had been instructed in the ways of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. I taught on that recently. That's pretty important. That's called fire right there. He's boiling hot. He is a fervent in the spirit kind of guy. But he spoke and taught accurately. Think, look at that. He spoke accurately the things of the Lord Though, here's the important part, he only, though he only, though he knew only the baptism of John. That's a pretty serious omission right there. But if you talk about, uh, you know, exegeting the Old Testament and up to John and preaching well, he was clear and articulate and eloquent and mighty. He knew what he was talking about. And his name was Apollos. You remember over when, when, when Paul was teaching the Corinthians and he was, they were having division. And, he, and, and some of them were saying, I'm of Paul. Others were saying, I'm of Apollos. So he's a big wig. Right? Except he only knew things up to the baptism of John. Yikes, you're missing like kind of the main thing. Like, Jesus. But you would think one, one real temptation in this situation is, is for Apollos to be, you know, maybe unreceptive. Because he's no slacker. He's not one who hasn't studied. Sometimes people let their own experience and education and knowledge and background and pedigree serve as a hindrance to going further. And they stay in the same level year after year. But what happened? Um, verse 26, So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When, when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Isn't that cool? No, now, what did they do? How, how many know they didn't, they didn't uh, bring him up in front of everyone and say, Apollos, you are missing it. No. What did they do? They brought him aside. How many know that's wisdom? If, if someone needs to hear something that might make them look bad or diminish them in the eyes of others, why make it harder on them by, by telling it in front of everybody? Pull them aside. Have a private conversation. Yeah? And, but they explained the way of God more accurately. What, what, what did they do? They amended his theology. Said, you need an upgrade over here. You need to get some, some clarity in this subject. Let me talk to you about the Lord. Uh, and, and, and when he desired to cross into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to do what? 
to receive him. In other words, his future was set in motion by his being able to receive more accurate knowledge. Some people, they don't have a future because they cut off what God is trying to teach them. They stop what God is trying to say. I've never heard it that way. Well, this is different than what I've ever been taught. Well, so what? Be as smart as Apollos. Be as bright as he was and say, oh, wow, look at that. I can learn something. And because of that, they recommended him. They exhorted the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Was Apollos, a, was he a, a bad guy? Was he a dumbbell? Was he a hard-hearted person before? No, he just lacked some information. He just lacked some knowledge. And because of his fire for the Lord and, and his dedication to walk with God, it's only a matter of time till God sends the right people across your pathway. Now, I know Peter had a vision. He saw the sheep and the animals, and the Lord said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And great experience. Uh, and that's how he got that, his revelation. Apollos didn't get it that way. Some will say, well, if the Lord need, wants to show me, he, if he's going to change me in any way, he's going to have to show up in a dramatic way. He's going to have to give me a vision of a sheet and some animals, or I'm going to have to see the Lord Jesus himself. You hard-hearted thing. Peter wasn't demanding that. He wasn't putting any requirements on the Lord saying, you have to do it this way or I'll never change. No, that was God's prerogative to do it that way, and maybe it was necessary, and certainly it's helpful today. But Apollos was able to receive just from a conversation with a man and his wife whose names rhymed. Right? That probably helped. But he was able just to receive just, just from other people. Amen. And I think we ought to be that way too. We, uh, might the Lord give you a vision or a, some kind of dramatic experience? Yeah, He might. I'm rooting for it. But if it comes just by reading the Word, or if it comes through other people. You know, sometimes people will receive things directly from God, but they never receive things when they come through other people because it, it's a hit on their ego. They don't want to act like they didn't know that before. And even when they do hear something that's profound and dramatic and life-changing, they kind of want to leave the air of, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 I knew that. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> you just want everyone to think you always knew that. Amen. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. He wants to help us. He wants to help us to change. He wants to help us to, to grow. Amen. It should be our heart's commitment that we don't want anything to do with the world. You know what I mean by the world? I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the world's way or worldliness. Nothing of the kingdom of darkness. We don't want to have anything to do. That's why we were set free. That's why Jesus shed his precious blood. And the more he amends our thinking, the more our lives are changed. It's got to get into our thinking before things can really happen. You know, Paul wrote, why don't you look over there since we're in the Bible. First Thessalonians 3. Just to emphasize this point a little bit more. First Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. Well, verse 9, just to 
give context. First Thessalonians 3, 9. For what thanks can, can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. I think it's, inter- it's interesting that uh, Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, he wasn't rebuking them. He wasn't down on them. He wasn't like the Galatians. Remember, oh, foolish Galatians. <laughs> he wasn't giving them that kind of word. But he was still telling them, I'm praying for you, and I want to get with you. I, I desire to see your face. Why? Because there are some things in your faith that are lacking. Your faith has holes in it. You've got some, some lacking components. And if I can get with you, I can, I can teach you and make some amendments to your faith. Remember Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if their faith was, there was some things that were lacking, he wanted to perfect or complete or fill in the gaps like Apollos, take them a little bit further, like Peter, give them another revelation, give them understanding so their faith could be uh, in a more perfect state. Amen. I believe that God wants to do that for you. He wants to do that for me as well. He wants to take us from where we are into something more. And there's really never an end to that process because I don't think if you get a, a, a profound and deep life-changing revelation tonight that that'll be the last one. If you keep walking with Him, seeking after Him, putting God first in all that you do, you'll come to a point and you'll need another bit of information. You'll need another amendment to your thinking and, and the Lord will help you to go further in this. Further to what end? Uh, more effective? More fruitful? Prayer's working, your, your relationships are working. You know, it's in accordance with God's will and plan for your life. Uh, and, amen, sometimes he, He'll let one person know something. And the primary reason He wants them to know it is because they're going to be used to share that with someone else. And they need to have a deep and, and, and broad understanding of a spiritual truth because there are other people coming around them or going to be coming around them in their life and they are going to be set free by that truth. But you can't give it to them unless you have it. Amen. So the Lord has the future in mind. He has, he has the future in mind. He knows what tomorrow brings. He knows what's going to come up next year. And so seeking after Him and keeping yourself in a right place, a humble heart, a teachable spirit, you're in a right place to receive from Him, will guarantee that when you get to the next stage, when you get to next month and next year, and then you're going to have the goods, the necessary knowledge and wisdom, the necessary giftings in your life to succeed at that next level and that, that next place. And God will be able to orchestrate relationships and divine appointments and bring people into your life because you have the goods. You are now equipped and thoroughly furnished unto every good work and meat ready for the master's use. Praise God. When you have that working in you continually, there's no fear of lack. There's no fear of being unprepared. There's no fear of walking into a situation and not knowing what to do. 
Amen, amen, amen. And you keep yourself. I remember when I, when I first, when I was in Bible school and I was between my first year and my second year and I was a minister from New York, that lived in New York, invited me to come help him for a few weeks, maybe a month, and and not help him preacher in preaching. I wasn't a preacher. Uh, just help him in any way that I could. And really, I was just honored just to be around it. He was doing tent meetings and revival meetings. You guys know Wayne. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and he was doing these meetings. And so I'd go help and set up chairs and just whatever they asked me to do. And, and, but I can remember uh, being around him. And sometimes he'd minister in churches. And, and so I'd go there. And, and I can remember being uh, in one particular place, especially right at the beginning of this little ministry jaunt. Uh, I was frightened to the core that he was going to call me up there and ask me to say something. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh no. I, and he wasn't even thinking that way. I told him later. He said, really? And he wasn't even planning that, but I was entertaining that in my mind. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> I'll do anything to help you. Don't make me speak. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Nevertheless, I say that to say when you, see, when you keep following the Lord and serving Him, He'll get the right things to you so that when that time comes, and thank God it was a little bit later, but when that time comes, you have the goods to do whatever you're supposed to do. In my case, speaking, um, and in your case, whatever that, whatever that might be. Uh, but keep ser- serving the Lord and keep your heart open. And in here, uh, be open to various moves of the Spirit. Praise God. This is an easy move of the Spirit because people are comfortable hearing, teaching. And it's, it's, it's right. It's correct. It's biblical. There are other moves of the Spirit that are less common. And, and I'm kind of pursuing those. <laughs> I'm kind of seeking after, you know, everything that God wants to do, not just what we've become accustomed to or is traditional in church. It doesn't mean this part goes away. It just means I want God to be God in this in this house, and we not miss a beat, not miss a step, and let's let the fullness of the gospel come out. Praise God, and just being that way. You mean already tonight? Some of you have recognized it, but while I've been teaching, a couple times I've prophesied while I've been teaching. In other words, I obviously I didn't. Most ninety percent of this was not pre-thought, premeditated, but there have been words from the Lord for different people that have come out in the teaching. And that's just one minor thing. That's, again, that's done in an easy way. Uh, but God has so many diverse ways to move. So many multifaceted uh, moves of the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Let, let me show you one more maybe. This is off, off that subject now, but it just came up, so I'll just read it. Uh, he- Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 2, the teacher in me doesn't want to do this because this is diversion. (laughs) It doesn't line up, but it kind of does. I'll I'll, I'll try to make it. (laughs) It's a gift. (laughs) Hebrews 2 and verse 1, therefore... We must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Come on, isn't that powerful all by itself? What if you don't give earnest heed? 
you're likely to drift away from what you've heard. So pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. Take heed. All right, verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which was at the first uh, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also, bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. That, that there's just a there's something in that list that makes me think, hmm, he didn't want to be real specific there. Like he didn't want to limit this to just a small box. I mean signs and wonders. Well what are those? They're beyond what the mind can fathom in possibility. Signs and wonders. What's a sign and a wonder? Well, we think, oh, a healing. Yeah, kind of it can be, but much more than that. Many of the miracles that we read about in Scripture are kind of like out there. I mean, you lose an axe head in the water. So the prophet takes a stick and puts it in the water and it like magnetizes. And the axe head goes... Pretty cool one. Pretty good miracle for the day. But who would have ever thought of that? You know, some of the miracles, uh, many in the Old Testament and, and many in the ministry of Jesus, you know, getting your taxes out of the fish's mouth. That's not your average miracle. You know, and of course, common ones that we hear about, but are still out of the box. I mean, feeding 5,000 people plus women and children uh, with a small amount of food. Yeah, all kinds of amazing things. Um, Jesus, they, had to try, they try to kill him, try to throw him off a cliff. They drag him off up to the cliff, the edge of the cliff, the brow of the cliff. They're about to throw him off. But he says, no, it's not time for me to die. <laughs> and he walks through, he turns around and walks right through the middle of them. What does that look like? I tell you, that's the power of God in manifestation. Amen. Divine protection. Many, many things. Many, many signs and wonders and various miracles. So signs and wonders are different than miracles, I guess, in this context. So that's another, wow, what is that? Let's keep our mind open. Don't be quick to cut things off. Be quick to receive. Discern, judge by the word, judge by the fruit. What fruit does it bring? But then open to what God might want to do. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for working in us today. We hunger after you. We desire you your word, your ways. I pray that you, would, that you would make amendments to our thinking. I pray that you would help us to see what we need to see next. What do individuals need to see for the next part of their life? 
what do, what do I need to see? What do we need to see as a church for the next part of our church's life? What do we as the body of Christ need to know for the next move of your spirit? For the things that you want to do in the earth today? For all the earth, but at least for our part of your plan, what do we need to see? What do we, like Apollos, need to be instructed in in more precisely? What do we, like Peter, need to understand that will open up a whole new, a whole new part of the world to us? What do we need to understand about a different people, different people group, or, or, or someone you've called us to? Enlighten us today, we ask, Father. Open our eyes to see. Give us understanding. Show us your ways. Show us your plan. Reveal to us truth that will enable us to walk in freedom. That will enable us to follow your perfect will for our lives. We ask you. We seek you. We call upon your name. Thank you. You will answer us and show us great and mighty things that we do not know. We humble our hearts before you. We set aside the pride, the egos. And if we need to be changed in any way, Father, change us. Work in us. Help us to see your great plan, your purpose for our lives. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for even when times are uncomfortable, when assignments are uncomfortable, you have given us the comforter. The Holy Spirit is, He is our comforter to help us to do everything we need to do in this life. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. If you're filled with the Spirit, just quietly pray in the Spirit for a moment. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, Giovanni, the Bagdi, the Brendo, the Bosch, the Freak, and the Simperachi. Oh, Stikado, Rabbana, the Bucci, and the Bradisk. Melakiti, Lila, Gordona, the Bavaji, the Melakis. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we believe, Lord. We believe. We believe in you. We believe in your ways. We believe in your promises. We believe that your path is the best path, it's the right path. It's the only way. Hallelujah. You show us, you show us the way. Thank you, Lord. You lead us. You guide us. Oh, we seek your face. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.
praise God. Let's stand up. Amen. Worship team, come. It seems good. And we'll see how far this goes. It seems good. Uh, we'll have the, the worship team sing and lead us. But be in this, in this mode of seeking after the Lord. You know what I mean by that? Not seek as if you don't have Him already. But seek His face, like we say sometimes. Seek His heart, His plan, His will, His, His knowledge and understanding. Seek after Him. Set your heart to inquire, to desire, to follow after Him close and receive more. As we sing and as we worship, we'll let Him guide us in that. And, uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to speak in the right language. <laughs> and just as the Lord showed people in here that we gave examples of different things, He will show people in here different things too. Amen. That's who He is. And that's why He's talking to us. Because he wants to reveal himself more and more. Amen, amen. Praise God.